Welcome to Infrastructure for a Better Future, a series where we have honest conversations about the infrastructure challenges we are facing and how we can build a better Aotearoa. In each episode, we talk to experts from here and overseas about what works when it comes to addressing these issues. Tenakoto Katoa, he director leadership Aoe Te Wahanga, called Nicola Richen Toka Ingoa, Tenatato Katoa. Greetings and welcome to the Infrastructure for a Better Future podcast. My name is Nicola Richardson and I'm the Director of Leadership here at Te Wahanga. Today we are talking about diversity in our infrastructure sector. Te Wahanga has been doing some work to baseline the infrastructure workforce. It's not published yet, but I can share some of those numbers. We have approximately 100,000 people in roles across infrastructure, from admin roles to labourers to tradies and managers. Overall, our ethnicity diversity does represent the communities we serve. On gender, 11% of our population of our infrastructure workers identify as women. 11%. Our New Zealand workforce has 48% women. So where are all the women? We can break it down further and we can see that the vast majority of women are in clerical and admin roles, the project coordinator level. We're going to have to change this. Today, we're not going to talk about why diversity is important, why we need to build inclusive teams. Because the case is there. We have labour gaps, skill shortages. We already have the data that shows that diverse teams are better at problem solving. They're more innovative. We know that teams that reflect our communities can listen better, understand better and engage with our communities and together can build better, more resilient infrastructure. So if we know the why, We have to look at the how. How are we going to make those changes? Today, I am privileged to be speaking to Stacey Mendoza, who has been working tirelessly for the last 27 years on just this challenge. She's been written about as a leading voice for women in construction and was named the 2023 Diversity Champion in the recent Diversity Works Awards. Now, I could spend about 10 minutes introducing Stacey, but I'm going to keep it short because you can just Google her and find out lots of fascinating information. I can say that she started the National Association of Women in Construction 26 years ago after noticing herself that the females working in the sector felt isolated and unsupported. She herself is a senior quantity surveyor and she's got a recently very cool award. This year, she was appointed a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit for contribution to women in the King's Birthday Honours. So Stacey has lots of knowledge and ideas. We're going to want to distill some of this information. And so we're going to try to do this in a bit of a creative way. We're going to try to go five points of how we can make things different through our industry and through the employers. Five things that our employees, us, can do to lift our diversity And if we've got time, maybe a couple of bonus points for the public sector. What do we as the public sector need to do differently to ensure that we lift our representation of women and the communities we serve within the infrastructure sector? So now I'm going to hand it a bit over to Stacey. Stacey, maybe we start with a little bit about yourself. Oh, kia ora. Thank you, Nicola. It's um, really lovely to be here and to talk to you. Um, Yes, lovely intro, thank you. Um, I have been a a QS for um, 30 odd years and um, 
and I have lived in this diverse world. Um, I, you know, I am half Chinese, so I've lived in a diverse family my whole life. I've really lived with diversity before it was a word and before we kind of really understood. But I know what it's like to not feel that you belong to either one group or the other. And, and possibly that's um, given me a drive to make sure that um, there are women who do find that they belong somewhere. And that's what we do at NAWIC, National Association of Women. We want all our women to feel that they belong in construction, because sometimes they get told that they don't. So um, that is really the driver, and that's what we want to encompass. Apart from the usual things of encouraging women to stay, we want to retain these amazing skills for the women that we have. Um, we want to encourage them to stand up into leadership roles. Um, we want to connect them with other people. We, we don't always have an old boys network to rely on. And we, we want to make sure that they are helping others, and that's helping other women. And, and other men and anyone who really wants to get into construction. So I spend a lot of time encouraging men and women into construction and growing, and, and that's what I want to. I really want to see. So um, you know, it's something that I do after my day job. It's fabulous, um, and you have a vast range of experiences, and you've been hearing stories of women throughout the sector. What have you seen work from the employer perspective that has genuinely lifts the, the representation of women and diverse populations in construction? Well, where I've seen it work is um, where it comes from the top, yep. where the boss is fully supportive of, um, of diversity. It's not, it's not a tick box. They truly believe in it. And, and what that means is, is they are providing um, women and, and men an opportunity to get into leadership skills. So it's um, reaching out and helping up. It's not just saying, well, we, we employ them and, and everything stops there. It's seeing what else they can do. And so to me, that is listening to their staff. Um, in, you know, we all know that in a meeting there are some staff who talk a lot and then there are some staff who sit back and can't get a word in edgeways. So I would really like to hear um, the, the, the managers of that meeting ensuring that they are asking that quieter person for their opinion because really we want diversity of thought. You know, you, we all know that it's good but sometimes we have to ask for it. Um, so it's making sure that you know, those quieter people are heard. I really would like employers to think about um, flexible working and part-time work. Celebrate those successful staff. Uh, we have an awards program in Narwick um, for excellence in construction, and you would not believe how great all the nominees feel by just being asked to be a nominee from mm. their bosses. They, they love it. So what we do is we talk to every nominee and a referee, and some of them say, oh, thanks, because that is the first time someone has 
bothered to hear, yeah, acknowledge what I do. And, and they also say, really, did my boss, did my boss really put me forward? How, how great is that? One of the things that I really love is there is a, a, a large national roading company and the boss says to each of the regional directors, send me your, um, your nominees from your area and send them to me and we will work out who we will select to put forward to the awards. So what I really love is the boss of the company has a whole CV of staff that he may never get around to seeing and he's reading them and deciding who goes forward. So it's um, opening up the boss's eyes to, to people on the ground. So that's where I talk about listen. Listen to your staff, communicate. Don't talk at them, kind of hear what the quiet ones aren't saying. And so, I mean, I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've already got the five tips there. So what I've got here is obviously we need, it is to start, to start from the top, yeah. right? Um, we've talked about great listening, listening to understand. Number three, we've talked about there about um, ensuring that all the voices are heard around the table because it's not enough just to hire diversity. We need to hear the voices, that the flexible working continues to be important and that we need to celebrate those successes. Yeah. When we look at, I suppose, the recruitment and bringing women and diversity into construction, can you reflect on any key success stories or case studies, and I'm not sure you can name the place, but some, an, a place, an organisation that has done something different that inspired people maybe to join them or supported the recruitment? Yeah, yep. and I can just think of something um, that happened within a couple of months, and um, it was one of our... Um, Nawak members actually shifted job companies mm. because of the strength and support that this sponsor had demonstrated at our awards. Excellent. So it is that being visible, showing that you are a promoter and that you are an inclusive workplace, drive recruitment and people who want to join you. Absolutely. That sponsor boss was there. He um, had bought several tables of staff, men and women, and he has um, demonstrated his um, his enthusiasm to um, to have women. He has um, women as senior leadership team um, the bo at board level. And um, this person said, "Well, I, I want to work for a company where women are valued." The, the flip side works as well. You know, if you are looking at a, a new role in a company, you um, you do your your research and you have a look at the, the, the board and if it's wow. not diverse um, for me it's message. like thank you it's, uh, I'm not interested yep. I'll look elsewhere. The other thing that I would um, would recommend uh, for for people is be an active bystander so um, the trades careers have some really great guide, guidelines out. Um, one is keep it decent on site, mm -hmm. really, really great. And uh, the latest one is um, being an active bystander. A and that is calling out bad comments when they're, when they're there. A and really, it is another one for the boss as well. Um, coming from the top, just not allowing some of that um, 
either bad language or bad behavior or um, just uncomfortable situations to be tolerated. Mm. And, you know, it's really powerful if, if your peers come out and say, hey, hey man, that, that's not a cool thing to say, you know. Um, that, that's not great. And so the bosses obviously can't be everywhere, but it, it, there is a great strength if your workmate is saying, that's not cool. You know, did you realise that that sounds a bit off? Did you realise that that makes that person uncomfortable or feel bad? And sometimes, usually, they say, oh, I had no idea. I had no idea that that, you know. Hey, have you seen a difference over the years? Well, um, I have seen less stuff um, happen. Um, there is still stuff that goes on, but it is reducing, you know. Um, I mean, I, over 30 odd years, I've seen a huge amount of change. I mean, when I first started, we didn't wear high-vis vests, you know, and, and now I wouldn't walk on site without one. Um, so, you know, when I first started, health and safety was only a new concept. And now we, we do toolbox talks. You know, what is really great is, you know, the words uh, well-being, mental health. Unfortunately, construction and infrastructure have a, have a really terrible um, rate in poor mental health. Um, a lot of burnout, um, a, lot, a lot of demands, and... I think in the past it was not really, it was kind of take a concrete pill and harden up. Yep. Now, with um, organisations like Mates in Construction and, and the messages that they're sending out, um, hopefully people are, are, are reaching out for help more. Um, so I, I am seeing that, and I, and I am seeing that things like EAP services, um, it, it's quite acceptable to go and have an appointment and do that sort of thing. So there are changes okay. there. And, and so what else as an individual um, can we be doing, or should employees be doing, to lift the diversity of our construction sector or wider infrastructure sector? Well, I, I really think about um, looking at um, who else can add to the team. Mm -hmm. nice. um, instead of working with a whole lot of people who look like you, um, you know, making sure that that, that team um, covers covers all the bases, and if, if you're in a position to be able to influence that, then that that's really powerful. Um, but also, a, as an employee, kind of putting your hand up. We're, we're not really used to doing it, and kind of saying, "Well, look, I, I think I I might have a solution." In fact, I, I was speaking to somebody the other day, and um, she said, "Look, I don't really get much of a chance to to." get in a word in edgeways at, at the meeting. So I give my good ideas to my male colleague oh. and he presents them and they go forward. I said, stop doing that. <laughs> um, they're your ideas. You, you know, you, um, you present them Absolutely. and take the credit. And she said, oh, I don't, I, you know, I just, I'm not sure about that. So I said, look, okay, find an ally. Find an ally in that meeting room or in your workplace. And sound out that um, idea with your ally. And if they think it's a good one, then present it at that meeting and own it. Um, and that's, um, and that, that is a really good thing to do. 
Um, I would also say to employ employees, you know, ha- include your colleagues. Mm. Think about the other people. Uh, we are all busy. You know, we are working. Sometimes we're working with our blinkers on and we are focused. We've got some pretty tough deadlines, tough pressures. But sometimes taking those off and kind of having a look around and evaluating and and just recognising some kind of social norms, you know, that that chatty person who all of a sudden has stopped talking and is coming in late and, and just not looking themselves, you know, just, just, you know, we hear it from mates in construction, just how are you going, you know, you know, what's up? Because as much as we'd like to say that you leave your home life at home, when the chips are down, it doesn't, it doesn't let go. You can't let go if you're worrying about something. So to, to kind of keep on your radar that not everybody's lives are going swimmingly all the time is, is a really good thing to, um, to keep an eye out for. Okay, so my key takeaways here, take a risk, be an active bystander, check who else could join and be part of the team, find allies and include your colleagues and actually be compassionate. Yeah, or just aware. Um, Not everybody even wants compassion, but they just want to know that that you're interested. That you're there. Yeah, yeah, and that they belong. I hear this a lot. People want to feel that they belong. We are a people-based industry. We can't do it without people. And we know that we need more. So to not have people feel that they can come into these industries because of some old stereotype behaviour is really, really suffocating our own progression. So if we, we've looked at what employers can do and what employees can do, what, what, what is it that at a government level, that our policy settings or the public service, what could we be doing to support more women and those from ethnic backgrounds into the construction and infrastructure sector? Well, that is, you know, really a really huge, um, a huge topic in itself. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of experts. But I see it really starting again from the top. And that means the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, the contract, and so what um, all those government organisations who pos- quite possibly um, issue the most contracts out of anyone, um, it's making sure that that contract is fair for all. So, you know, 3910, and what, what I mean by that is not having 160 pages of special amendments changing the contract and and assigning risk to too much onto one party. Because what that does is by, um, by sharing the risk and um, implementing um, some new you know, concepts or um, attributes, um, then I think the whole outcome will be different. We have relied generally on the lowest price um, succession in a contract. And maybe that's not the best one. 
I have seen situations where the lowest price at tender has actually resulted in a huge exit price at the end of the project. So whilst it might seem good at the front, front end of the project, it's had some dire consequences at the end of the project. And, and how does that impact the diversity and inclusion of the contractors in the workforce? If the contractor feels that they're really squeezed for money, yep. then that, that um, has a flow-on effect in, in a huge amount of things. So um, um, hiring of staff, um, getting the right resources. Um, Are they less likely to try flex work practices, for instance? Absolutely. Less likely to take a risk on, on someone? Yeah, yeah. So what they do is peer back. It's kind of like going into default. Mm. You do what you know yep. instead of doing what you should or what is best. We all do it. If we're under pressure, if we're squeezed, our reaction is to do what we know. So by not having the, some of those um, financial or time or um, contract restrictions, it does allow for you know those examples that you said, flexible, tr trying new stuff that they may not have um, considered previously. So it's quite a long-winded way of saying, again, it starts at the top yeah. and that lead, that lead contract has a huge impact on hundreds and hundreds of people down the line. Well, Stacey, I know, know we have to wrap this up and that we could keep going for much, much longer. Um, a final reflection um, from myself, and I know what you've said in the past, is, is about the, the reminder that you can't be what you can't see. And that reminder that we're doing it not just for ourselves when we step into new roles and areas of discomfort, but we're doing it for those people that come behind us. And so I, um, I thank you for all of your wisdom and stories uh, today, and I look forward to having a conversation at another time. Absolutely, and thank you very thank much. You. Thanks for listening. Find out more about the work Te Waihanga is doing to transform infrastructure in Aotearoa at tewaihanga.govt.nz.